Blog Talk Radio. What is up, everybody? Four o'clock on March 6th. Time is just flying by. Uh, Monday, this is Ryan Berger taking you through another episode of Inside the Burger Shop, a podcast discussion at the intersection of sports, entertainment, marketing, and more. We have not done a show for a couple of weeks, and I apologize. It's been sort of crazy, and uh, sometimes life gets in the way of things, so I apologize for uh, being on the road and traveling and a couple other things over the past couple of weeks, but we're back and uh, excited to be to be back and excited to have Burger Shop uh, or Inside the Burger Shop ready for another uh, fun episode. It is uh, a cold but sunny Monday here in New York, and uh, it's my favorite time of the year. It's all hoops all day, every day. And, uh, you know, today, this week is the beginning of the big high-profile conference tournaments. Uh, really, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are four incredible days if you're a basketball hooper like I am. And I know our next guest is Brian. And we'll talk to uh, Mr. Daly about what's going on with Showtime and the incredible uh, documentary series they have coming out with St. Anthony's in just a couple of minutes. But it is a... A, a basketball week. It's a basketball month. It is March, um, and that's why uh, you hear the excitement in my in my voice. I'm incredibly fired up for this next couple days of hoops and into next Thursday, the kickoff of the great NCAA tournament uh, selection Sunday, a little less than six days away. Before we get going today, of course, want to thank our uh, our sponsors. Of course, our long-term partner from day one, our day one, as the youngins like to say, thanks to Hyper for being a founding, presenting sponsor of Inside the Burger Shop. Hyper, the leader in celebrity and influencer intelligence. Head on over to Hyper Brands, H-Y-P-R Brands, Com and identify an influencer that you want to work with. They're the only company in the world to have audience analytics across every single social platform. So check them out at hyperbrands.com. 
Of course, head on over to the crowdsline.com, the crowdsline.com, the leader in predictive gaming. Make your prediction today. Win free prizes, gift certificates, gift cards, and whatnot. Head on over to the crowdsline.com and make your prediction today. And, of course, our favorite sponsor, the, guy, the great guys over down at Pita Express on 15 Ann Street, the best Mediterranean food in New York City. Head on down, get yourself a hummus, a little pita, maybe some chicken, a couple other things. The best Mediterranean food, let Billy know you're a loyal listener of the podcast, and he'll hook you up with some, some fresh goodies. It's the best. Head on down, 15 Ann Street, downtown Manhattan, Pita Express. Billy Collar, let him know we sent you. And as I mentioned, you know the the the, the hoops is as big as it gets in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have been watching the past couple of days as the regular season ended. A couple of great games, a couple of fantastic storylines as we move into to really what is considered the in my world the, the the best month of sports with the March Madness right into the Masters uh, and then into the NBA and NHL you know playoffs as baseball begins. But when you look at the NCAA tournament, there's clearly about ten teams, maybe a little bit more that can win it all. Um, but there's a number of teams that can get to the Final Four. And when you look at those first sort of five or eight teams in the, in the, in the top 25, you know, clearly Kansas was there, you know, Bill, Bill Self continues to do an incredible job with this team, 28-3, and three, win the Big 12. I think it's 12 years in a row. Just an unprecedented, unbelievable uh, run by uh, Kansas. Beat Oklahoma State by a couple points on Saturday. Incredible backcourt with Mason and Graham. Of course, the big ticket Josh Jackson at the three. Kansas is going to be a tough out and a team that you have to imagine will get to the final eight at the very least. Uh, you have Villanova, the defending champs. Nova's really interesting this year. The difference between them and last year Nova is they have no size. So everything is really about the three ball. And if they don't hit shots, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Can they win six games without size? It'll be interesting, you know, interesting to see. The next three teams are all West Coast teams. Interestingly, this is the best basketball I've seen from the West Coast in a long time. Uh, UCLA, 28 and three, the top offensive team in the country, loaded with talent, starting with Lonzo Ball at the one. You know, how far can a freshman like Ball take uh, Steve Alford's team? And, of course, you have Gonzaga, 30-1, and tough loss to BYU. And how good are they? Can they get by the second weekend? Can they get by the first weekend when the one plays the eight or nine and they're playing a Michigan State, let's say? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Oregon, a tough team, very good, well-coached. The guy from Creighton is a, is, a, is, a, is a very good coach, Dana Altman. We'll see what, how good Oregon is. Last year they had a great run as a number one seed. How far can they go? And then, of course, you have the big bad Roy Williams, North Carolina, who beat Duke uh, over the weekend. Carolina, when they want to play and they want to play hard, is as good as anybody in the country. So interesting to see how far they can go. And then you have some other teams like Arizona, who I'm not very high on, Kentucky, who, you know, who knows what will happen with them. And then two teams, or three really, Baylor, Louisville, and West Virginia, all teams that are brutal to play against, loaded with talent, especially Baylor. Three teams that absolutely can make a long, long run in this tournament, or, of course, lose in the first weekend. And we saw that last 
uh, last year with West Virginia. We've seen it with Baylor and, of course, with Louisville if they don't make shots. So there's a lot that can happen over the next couple of weeks, but those are sort of the top of 10 or 11 teams that uh, everyone seems to be looking at right now. And there's a couple teams throughout that group, uh, teams like Wisconsin and Virginia, who can't really – neither can really score, but both teams are incredibly well coached and play a really good defense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And then, of course, you have teams like Duke and others who uh, who um, have so much talent but haven't been able to, to put it all together. And, and before we bring on Brian, there, there is one storyline in college hoops that continues to pull me in, and that's the incredible storyline of, uh, of Northwestern. Northwestern has never has not been to the tournament in about a hundred years. Chris Collins uh, takes the job four years ago from Duke, does a sensational job of building it up, and has put together an incredible resume. Twenty-one wins this year. Just lost yesterday uh, by four to Purdue. We're in the game the whole time. They are tough. They're going to be a lot of fun. They're going to get in the tournament regardless of what they do in the Big Ten tournament. But they're going to be a fun little storyline. And if you get a chance to sort of watch Doug Collins and you know what fathers and sons go through watching these games together, it's it's incredible to see. So uh, good luck to the Collins family out there in Evanston. And and we're sort of watching Northwestern as they go through this uh, this crazy this crazy tournament. And we're watching a lot of these teams as they go through this crazy tournament and of the teams that are in it so many of these teams usually have a guy on their team that is from uh, Jersey City St. Anthony because if you play big time college basketball you've probably either had a chance attended or no kids who have attended uh, Jersey City and St. Anthony and uh, you know before we bring Brian on and talk to him about what they're up to just you know obviously myself growing up in Jersey and playing hoops and, and Brian as well we We've known of Jersey City, St. Anthony, for a long time. We've known of the Hurley family. I always talk about I wear number 11 because of Bobby. And um, the amount of times I've played against those guys and practiced against those guys and sort of been completely broken down by all those guys is an, is an incredible number. And uh, and the documentary series, the six-part documentary series that Showtime Sports is doing on St. Anthony and Bob Hurley is absolutely fantastic and is a much watch. Uh, the first two episodes are out and the last, the third one I think rolled out today. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on uh, a guest of the show. He's been on once before and we're excited to have him on again. It's the uh, head of digital at Showtime Sports, Brian Daly. Brian, welcome to Inside the Burger Shop. How are you? Brian, what's going on, buddy? Good to be back. It's great to have you, and you know it's uh, it's exciting. You, know, you guys are doing some unbelievably interesting stuff, and you know maybe even before we get into the documentary stuff, you know I watched the uh, the fight this weekend, and you guys are doing some unbelievable stuff to bring boxing back to the world, bring it back into prime time Saturday night. Great fight Saturday night. You know this whole world of boxing. Before we get into the St. Anthony stuff, you know are you guys going to bring this back to where it really should be? That's the goal. That's the goal. And I, I think, you know, over the last six to 12 months, we've made some, some great progress in doing that. Um, you know, we, we've, 
especially in that 147 division, which we showcased on Saturday on CBS. You know, we have all the the key players in that division, and I think uh, for for a while now, boxing fans have been frustrated because guys have been spread out across networks and promotions in in each division. So we truly have a chance. And Keith Thurman on Saturday unified those belts, and there's five, six guys in that in that weight class that are anxious to, to get in the ring and, and fight either Keith or amongst themselves. So um, we've put together what we're calling kind of an unofficial tournament where, um, you know, we will, we, we have a lock on the 147, which I think is, is probably the, the best in boxing because you, you get the power of the heavyweights there. You also get the speed of the lightweights. So, um, yeah, we're excited, and we just announced a slate of, of a couple more cards coming up uh, throughout April and May. Hopefully, uh, there's a big heavyweight announcement coming soon as well. So, I think we're we're poised to really uh, really get boxing back, and I think we're doing a lot of innovative things on the digital side, um, whether it be you know putting our fight on on Twitter. Uh, one fight ago, uh, we're creating original content across all our digital platforms, supportive of what we're doing uh, for for boxing on the broadcast end. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's all happening, and um, uh, in short order, I, I think um, you know boxing will will be back if if not already. It's so cool, and you know, I was home Saturday night like a normal suburban New Jersey guy, and uh, my TV was on, and I was sitting with my nine-year-old, and, you know, growing up, we were waiting for the big fight, 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, I remember. You're paying a ton of money, you could barely stay up, and there's no way young kids can stay up, but here, you know, 9.15, they're doing the announcements, guys are coming out at 9.30, 9.45, and, you know, for young kids, one of the challenges for boxing is they're so disconnected to it. They never get to see it. The opportunity is now they get to see it and it happens is something that is clearly very, very powerful, especially mm-hmm. when you're, kind of, you're delivering the kind of fights you guys are delivering. Yeah, I think you just nailed on on one of the things we're, we're looking at. I mean, we grew up, like you said, seeing these guys uh, on network TV and um, my boss, Steven Espinosa, has pointed out on several occasions, you know, no boxing star uh, w- was not built without the power of network, at least in the beginning of their careers. So we got away from that. Boxing got away from that. We're trying to bring that back. We're trying to uh, absolutely move up fight time so that a younger audience can consume it. Um, so you're you're right on with what we're doing, and hopefully it does result in, uh, in bringing uh, more youth back to the audience and Growing up, I remember watching boxing with my dad all the time. So hopefully, we're we're giving uh, you and your son and and many like you guys the opportunity to maybe start doing that again. And you mentioned network TV, and again, we'll just talk quickly on this, and we'll move into San Anthony. How, how does that work with Showtime versus CBS, and the fact that it's on the CBS? How does that sort of operation partnership work between the two, you guys? Well, it starts at the top. Obviously, CBS owns Showtime. So, um, you know, in our kind of internal discussions, and this goes back to a few years ago, I think executives made the call that we we would approach this thing together. And when Al Heyman launched his his PBC, um, you know, we we looked at it as an opportunity to, to grow boxing together, both on Showtime and CBS with the notion of, of showcasing our bigger fighters to, to network um, 
and then uh, uh, obviously Showtime Championship Boxing on Showtime will remain. But uh, having that network component to it, uh, I, I think, is a is a huge element for us uh, current day and obviously moving forward as we try and uh, grow the sport. Very cool. We're talking to. Brian Daly is the digital vice president of Showtime Sports, making a lot of the cool decisions and pushing them to be super progressive when it comes to sports and programming and all kinds of cool stuff. You can follow Brian on Twitter at bdaily, D-A-I-L-E-Y, 223, a fantastic follow when it comes to communications and when it comes to marketing and certainly when it comes to sports. And, uh... Brian is working on something that is sort of, in my world, as good as it gets, and it's, a, as I mentioned before, a, a six-part documentary on St. Anthony and this the small school in, in Jersey City that um, has sort of regarded as the top basketball program in the world year after year, and they're going through some very, very difficult times regarding staying open and keeping the door open, and that's because uh, of a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason by being financial. Um, so, Brian, talk to us a little bit sort of about the, the, the series. You know, it, it started a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, you're, you're following the team and, and throughout the season and the big story not only on the court with basketball but off the court with, uh, with everything going on with the school. So h- how did something like this get started? Is this something that came out of your guys' office to create? Is this something that came out of their idea to try and capture this sort of potential last season. Give us a sense of at least how this began and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, it, uh, it it came from our side, and um, as you pointed out before, everyone in Jersey has some connection to Coach Hurley or St. Anthony, especially if you played ball. Um, so my, my dad uh, went to high school with Coach. Uh, they played together, and then my dad was actually on his original staff at St. Anthony and coached with him in the early, mid-'70s. Um, so they've been close their, their whole lives and, and the Hurleys and my family have, have been close. So I grew up around it, grew up going to practices at White Eagle, uh, went to the basketball camp. So, um, similar to you, I, I idolized Bobby and, and Danny growing up. I, I wore 11 as well. So <laughs> what's amazing is how many guys our age have said that to me. At least a half dozen people, uh, have, have said, uh, I wore 11 because of Bobby Hurley. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the basis of it and then um my dad was catching up with coach uh end of summer and he said I don't know, Bob sounded really, you know, perplexed and said this this really could be it that they're you know, they're they're in debt with the diocese a bunch and and they're worried about uh, their operating costs for this season. He says, like, I never heard him before. So um, I reached out. We, he was kind enough to, to say, let's go grab dinner and we can talk. So we met with, with Coach and Mrs. Hurley. And uh, it was pretty evident that, that this year was absolutely uh, make or break for them. Uh, the diocese had given them uh, word that they could no longer help in any way, shape, or form, uh, specifically financially, where they had been helping them the last few years uh, try and, and uh, stay even on that operating budget. They were no longer in a position to do that. Um, so I got the sense, we got the sense walking away, like, man, this this could be it. And if this is it, well, this this needs to be documented. If this is indeed the last season of St. Anthony, we need to capture it. Um, and if by chance it's it's not, and we can help raise awareness and put a spotlight on what an amazing program and man this is, and and potentially help 
give this school new life and, and stay open, well, that would be great too. So we looked at it as a project that either way it went, we'd be uh, capturing some, some incredibly compelling stuff. And, and Coach right away said, well, you know, we'll give you all access. We'll give you, you know, as much as you want. So we've been embedded with them um, since October, and um, it's it's been incredible. The challenge is, you know, we have we have six parts to deliver this story, and um, it probably needs about a hundred parts because there's just so many layers um, between his history and the city, and all the the players and lives that he's affected. Um, than to take a current day and this team that he has now, this young team that he's shaping. Um, and then the financials, obviously, trying to get the school, you know, out of a $1.5 million debt um, as he's also prepping for the state tournament. So um, it's there's just so much there. It's It's been incredible to follow, and um, hopefully, you know, the viewers are, are uh, feeling a part of the program and, and hopefully uh, inspired a bit maybe to, to try and help if they can. You know, it's interesting, I think, when – when people who have an idea about what's going on watch the first two episodes, I think the big question they ask is, well, it's not a crazy amount of money. It's not like it's a hundred million dollars. It's a million and a half dollars. He's got two kids who are obviously pretty high profile college coaches, Danny at Rhode Island, Bobby at, at Arizona state. Um, a number of players who have come through St. Anthony's and either are current NBA players or who were NBA players. Um, and then, of course, incredible relationships all the way down to the sneaker, sneaker uh, companies, all of which who have very, very deep pockets. You know, there was money being thrown at AAU teams all over the world to travel, to have gear, to have this. What is the big reason why Coach won't sort of say, you know what, let's do something with a Nike. Let's do something with a former player. Does he not want to take that sneaker money? Because for example, it's for the quote unquote academics of the school, because I would think that with his deep relationships, it wouldn't be as challenging as it seems to be to kind of raise this capital. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think, you know, the, the right parameters would have to be in place for him to accept a large sum from a from a sneaker company. I think with that maybe would come expectations or insinuations that maybe he does not want to uh, deal with or or be a part of. Um, I think his relationship also with Reebok, he's he's an incredibly loyal man, and they've been with him for a very long time and supported the program um, over the years. So I, I think for him, it's also a, a uh, it's a situation of loyalty to Reebok. You know what's interesting there, and I've thought about this myself. It's just unfortunate that Reebok has fallen on the times that they are right now. Um, you know they have very minimal presence in basketball, other than really say Anthony and Iverson is is the only thing that they have left that um, they continue to market to some degree. So I think that's you know once they were acquired by Adidas, um, they let the brand be, and I, I think they're just kind of letting it. Uh, you know, live as it is currently with with those two properties, and when those go away, um, ultimately, I, I think you'll see Reebok, you know, dissolved at some point. That's just my opinion. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate if it was an Adidas or a Nike school or an Under Armour school, uh, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation, nor would there be a documentary. I think that would all be figured out. Um, but again, that's the intent of of this doc. I think. 
you know, the biggest misconception is that it, it cranks out these pro players. And sure, he's, I think, put he's put seven guys in the NBA, um, you know, but the way he explains it, they were all, um, you know, I think the average career of his seven guys, minus Anderson, who's in the league now, uh, was about four years. Um, so they all basically went through their rookie deals, maybe got a second deal. Um, a lot of them were before uh, the salaries of today. So, you know, he said by the time those guys um, took care of their families, took care of themselves, um, you know, there wasn't crazy money to go around. And all those guys are comfortable current day, and they certainly help out the program. Um, but they're not in a position to financially uh, save it. So, um, you know, what you realize in watching this and what we've seen in filming is – forget the pros and the, the basketball talent he's put out. It's more about, he's, he's made men. He takes these boys, he makes them men and he makes them, you know, successful contributors to society. Um, and you just, you see it at, at all his alumni coming back to games. And it's just, it's such a range of, of professionals. Um, so it, I mean, to him, that's what he does it for. And, um, you know, that's, that's really what, what the alumni is about, what the, what the base is about. Um, and he, he mentions it often. He says, you know, we don't have those big money donors like the other private schools do. Um, so I think, you know, they're just, they're in a position now where they've, they've leaned on people for a long time. Uh, very, very generous people. The board has been at it a, a long time and they've had networks that they've, um, hit year over year and, and have had great success with it. But I think, you know, whenever you have something like this where you're repeatedly um, chasing the, the same folks, you, you, you encounter fatigue. And I, I think a lot of these donors have, have gotten older, um, retired, perhaps passed away. So it's an old guard that needs help. And I, I think that's, you know, another thing I, I hope that this documentary can do is maybe revitalize uh, their support base and maybe get some younger folks involved who are compelled by this story and want to help. Um, and like you said, it's it's not an intimidating number. Um, it's it's a very manageable number where, <clears throat> you know, I think you could, it's, it's definitely hittable, um, but they definitely need some new blood in there. And, um, you know, their plan going forward to get out of this year-over-year fundraising mode is to lower their operating budget down to about $1.2 million. Uh, they outlined a bunch of stuff that they can do. Currently, they're charging $6,000 a year per, per student for tuition, yet it costs them 14000 to educate each kid. So they're in the hole eight grand on every kid that they educate per year. So they're trying to figure out ways to cut that, uh, you know, that in half, hopefully, so they don't have to uh, compensate for, for as much. Um, but it's important to them to stay uh, affordable to, to these kids. They feel like once you get beyond the six seven $7,000 mark, you know, you're, you're not, they're not going to be able to help the kids that they want to help. Um, so it's uh, certainly a, a complex, layered situation, but um, again, hopefully we could do our part in, in shining a light on, on something truly incredible. It is amazing. You know, you think of the, the, the sort of average person thinks of 
St. Anthony and thinks pros, you know, Hurley makes pros, but you're right. I mean, there really hasn't been a guy that you look and say, wow, he's a all American or an all NBA player, or he is really crushing the league. And, you know, I think back to even the days I was in the beginning of high school and watched a guy like Roderick Rhodes, who one of the great high school players I'd ever seen and then went to Kentucky. Um, you know, the, his guys haven't had huge amount of success in the league, but, to your point, and probably just as or even more important, I've never been more impressed with kids coming across them than I have always been impressed with St. Anthony kids. And I always talked about when I played AAU how different those kids were than the average yeah. other kid and how they just were were more put together, not as sloppy, played harder defense, were very disciplined. They just were this sort of different – kid and you know he, already, yeah. he he makes them into men and he makes them into men really fast but their respect their politeness um how they come across how they're able to speak his stuff is just so incredibly impressive and you know coach Hurley has given his whole life to to this and you see this in the first couple episodes that have come out and one question i had brian was regarding the sort of um the, the the map of the of the series. So how does that work? Do you guys write a a almost like a script, a show by show, or do you just go in and get as much footage as you can and then create the script after you've seen all the content that you've been able to record? Yeah, we, we've had the fortune of being ahead of the story. Um, so we were embedded with them, like I said, from I guess we got in there in October. Um, so we just started shooting, getting a feel for, for everything, um, and then started to map out that first episode, which was definitely the most stressful because you're, you're trying to position all the storylines in play. You're trying to give some history of, of Coach and what he means to the city and, and what the school is about, and then introduce the current team. Um, so, yeah, we, we're working on stuff that we already know we have, and I think our goal of each episode is to hit a little bit on on each area. So um, get to know uh, a player uh, through through I guess you would call it a feature. Uh, let's you know touch on the season and where they're at in the current season. Perhaps use the season as a way to introduce one of those players. Uh, touch on the financial situation in some way because that's been up and down all season. So make sure that we're capturing those up and downs as they happen uh, throughout. Um, and then coach, you know, what what element of, of coach do we want to integrate into that episode? So kind of mixing all four of those elements together has just been our real high-level uh, strategy and we've we've certainly had no no shortage of of you know things to pick from so um again the challenge has been it's just it's so interesting we're getting so much good stuff um that uh you know it it, it hurts you sometimes to to leave some stuff on the cutting room floor but i i think we're we're managing pretty pretty well episode 2 focused a lot on the point guard uh, i think them RJ call uh, young team, senior point guard. Uh, it's always a good formula for uh, the point guard to be able to expand his wisdom and drill down to a lot of the kids what he's learned and what he does. I mean, how good is this kid? What what are what are the schools he's looking at? 
Um, you know, obviously we're now into the state tournament. The viewers are watching something that is kind of at the beginning of the season. So without ruining kind of where St. Anthony's is, give us a sense of the point guard, how important he is on the team. Again, in episode two, was a lot of what the show was about was him and and his influence over over the team and and the commitment that him and his family have made. Uh, to drive from where they live to Jersey City every day over the course of the last couple of years. Yeah, he. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen a more complete high school point guard in terms of just. I mean, he 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 does it all, and he's tireless. Um, you know, he he creates, he scores, he guards the best team's player. Um, so I, I mean, he he's done everything that that coach has asked of him. Um, and he's, I think, too brought the level of, of his surrounding players uh, up tremendously and I think compensated for their lack of experience uh, for at least the first half of the season. I mean, he, he carried the team. Um, Alex Rice, who's the sophomore two-guard, his his dad coaches in Monmouth. He stepped in and played well beyond his years. He, I think he's been he's given more than than coach expected to get from him, which which has been good for them because they've needed that. Um, but yeah, RJ is going to uh, Howard. He's also the uh, well, it looks like will be the valedictorian. I, I don't know if it's final yet, but I mean, tremendous student. So academics very important to him. Uh, so he's going to Howard. He's going to step into a great situation where their leading scorer is a senior now, and I think they're they're looking for him to come in and, and make an impact right away, so that was important to him. Um, but he, if he had not committed going into this year, um, I definitely think you would have seen, and I've, I've you know some of the coaches have said this, you would have seen Big East and ACC and, you know, top tier schools uh vying for him because he's just you could tell he's he's a winner he's polished he's a great kid he's smart he's a leader um so he, it's been a pleasure watching that kid play and one of the other things that really intrigues me is the access you know this is saint anthony this is coach bob hurley this is as tight of a sort of old-fashioned as it gets um for a long time, they didn't really have a practice facility. Um, you guys have been in every practice at every game, cameras, people, strangers in practice, something that these guys for the most part aren't used to. Um, how, how does that all work? A, where is this happening where you're getting all this footage? Um, do you guys, again, do you, do you leave the cameras there? Do you show up every day with these big cameras? How much are you there working in New York, living in New Jersey? How does that all work in the sense that, you know, it's tough. You have a team after practice, after school, they practice sometimes before. You know, on weekends, there's games all over. How do you guys at Showtime stay as flexible as you could to make sure that you're on the same practice schedule as, as Coach Hurley and his team? Yeah, um, well, we uh, a couple things. We we have a uh, assistant coach, Coach Murph, who's been incredibly helpful, and he he actually teaches at the school. Um, so he's kind of our inside guy that will just let us know what's going on and if there's anything absolutely imperative we need to to get over and cover. Um, 
But to step back, you know, I think from a general strategy, um, one, that was what was so enticing about this project, or one of the things enticing to, to my boss when we when we talked about doing it was the proximity and the ability to not have to hop on a plane and go anywhere to do this um, and to be able to react to key moments or, or not have to plan, um, you know, too much in order to, to get really incredible access. So um, that's that's you know that was one of the selling points we're working with a production team out of Hoboken um and they uh they're a mile from the school so that's worked out great and then coach has just been awesome in in saying look if we're going to let you in we're 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 bringing you in everything um so there's a level of trust there that is greatly appreciated and um you know we talk with him once a week and kind of lay out the week look at the schedule um, you know, he's been very, uh, the one kind of thing he said is just don't, <laughs> don't mess with me on game days. We learn that quick. Um, so we kind of, we, we do mic him up for games, but we don't ask anything of him on game days. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, they've been incredibly flexible and working with us, but, um, it's just a week to week process and, you know, what storylines are we drilling down on? What, what are we following up on from last week? What do we need to hit on? Uh, what do we need? Um, so it's uh it's been fluid but but almost uh, perfect no issues at all. Hmm. Really interesting. And again, we're talking to head of digital over at Showtime Showtime Sports Brian Daly. You could follow Brian on Twitter at b daily. What is it? What is it? Two 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 three. Right, Brian. Two two three. You got it. Two two three at B Daily two two three and you know before we let you go so today you guys have released the third episode so you're about fifty percent of the way there uh, is it going to be week to week so basically let's say three basically by you know end of March this is finished how does that operate and what are the plans for once it's finished how are you going to market it to get as many people as you can to download it and to continue to watch and stay involved in the story. Yeah, so um, we will go through March, and you know the idea was to make this available without subscription to give non-subscribers a, a taste of what we're doing on the storytelling side. So um, you know it's it's available right now to anyone who wants to watch it on our Show Sports YouTube page or at Show.com, also on our Facebook page. Um, so it, it's available now. We'll go through the end of March available every Monday will be a new episode. Um, and it was twofold for us there. It was one, you know, we have two really good basketball documentaries coming out this month. Uh, as you were talking about March madness. So we fully embrace the madness. We have, um, perfect in 76, which is a story on the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, perfect season in 76 with some great access to Bobby Knight there. So that comes out Friday, the 10th. And then on the 31st, uh, we have a really interesting story about Baylor basketball uh, and a, a murder that occurred uh, amongst their team, uh, I guess it was a little over 10 years ago. Uh, the name of the film is Disgraced. So it's a, a murder mystery meets a, a sports doc, and it's absolutely captivating. So um, we end the month with that, and then we have Hurley available for th- for free uh, throughout the month on digital. Um and then in terms of just kind of the long-term, uh, you know, plans for the project, you know, we'll continue to shoot because I don't know if there will be finality come uh, installment six of the doc. So I think our plan is to keep going, and then we will roll this out in a, in a longer form piece across, you know, Showtime Linear 
at, at some point in the spring um, that will bring in some closure and also have uh, some more to it than, than what you're getting in the uh, weekly installments. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, you know, hopefully everybody's been continuing to follow the story. The storyline is phenomenal. The the content is phenomenal. The the story, the the cuts and the the camera work is is all rolled. It's been uh, incredible to watch the first two. I can't wait to rush home and watch episode three tonight. And uh, and then you guys are halfway there. And those new docs, especially the night one, or I guess he likes to be called Coach Knight, since if you call him Knight, he gets a little bit uh, a little upset. Uh, but that that'll be a, a great one, and that was a great team in '76 with Benson and and the uh, undefeated Indiana run. So Isaiah, looking forward to uh, to seeing that and more. Appreciate you know you spending 30 minutes with us today, and uh, we'll have you on when it's over and talk about sort of next steps. But you guys are doing some incredibly interesting stuff on the on the sports front, on the boxing front, and uh, I can only say keep up the incredible work, man. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure talking to you and uh, congrats on everything you got going on too. Thanks, man. Be well. I appreciate the time. Okay. Talk to you, Brian. It's Brian Daly, the uh, head of sports over at Showtime. Him and his team are doing some unbelievably interesting stuff around sports and content and <clears throat> I love the documentaries and they're doing a great, great job of, of, uh, of making you watch and the storylines are sensational and whether it's the Ben Simmons stuff or this, and obviously the Indiana and Baylor and now the boxing stuff, it's, it's game changing stuff. And, uh, he's got a good team and good people and smart, good people. And a lot of times smart, good people win. And it's good to see those guys winning over at Showtime sports. So thanks to the Showtime team and, and BD for coming on. Uh, today and spending 30 minutes with us. We uh, are working on a, a show later this week. Uh, we have a couple things lined up, so we will get back to you shortly on, on dates. Definitely tune in to the St. Anthony series if you haven't seen the first two. Absolutely watch, and of course, the one that came out today. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, have a great day, and as my, mad, my man Mad Dog Russo likes to say, adios. Podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next, cause that's the type of podcast you listen to, powered by the hyper, brands, who the man, yo, Ryan at the forefront, got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront, listen to the broadcast, he touches almost anything, sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing, so listen to the man right ahead of his time, on your podcast, you can download or listen live, so here comes the podcast, here comes your host, the Burger Shop, now live from coast to coast, in any way you want to do it, listen to the show, Ron got the insights, the Burger Shop, you know, Burger